0: Coming up on today's episode, we take stock of the first half of the season for your first place Winnipeg Jets. Plus, we look ahead to big questions heading into the stretch run. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rowicki You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki, or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, it took a little while, but the first Skates and Plates of 2024 is finally here after a little bit of a break and, oh boy, plenty to dive <laughs> into. We basically went to a, it was basically war with Minnesota as we went away <laughs> there and, um, I mean, there was that part of it, but now that we can kind of push that to the side, the main story, the entree in all of this is the fact that Winnipeg Jets, if the season ended today, might be hanging a banner. We might be having banner talk, Tice, because they would be first in the NHL of President's Trophy hopefuls, and they just keep on rolling another W and a successful mentors trip out west after taking down the Coyotes on a sunday night so yeah played it again into micro macro all of that we're going to do it right now and to help me do so once again cjlb's tyson rawiki tyson how are we doing after the long layover it's good it's good to be back what, what, what you just said uh kind of made me think of something would you would you rather hang a president's trophy banner or the NBA in season tournament banner, which which banner holds more weight in your opinion? So, like, if the NHL had an in season tournament, yeah, would you rather the in season tournament championship or the president's? I I would I'd raise them both. I'd but, raise them both with with pride. That's not the game we're playing here. That's not. The I, game. I could only choose one. Yeah. I think the regular season. I think the president's trophy. Because that's, like, eighty-two to be the best after 82, or at least to have the most points after eight. like, I know people laugh and make fun of, like, you know, Washington back in the day. I mean, I guess the Leafs haven't even done it yet, but, like, to be first, that, that's, like, I, I don't have a problem hating the banner. I mean, the banner thing is always funny, too. Like, people, I, I guess just because people act like, if it's not a Stanley Cup banner, then... There is literally no worth to it whatsoever, and we should never celebrate any accomplishment. But, like, you could be happy that you won something. It's okay. <laughs> Doesn't, no one's saying it's the ultimate prize, but, like, damn. it's there's, there's a lot of teams in the NHL's history, the Jets included, that have never won a president's trophy. So if That's you get crazy. the opportunity to do it, like, hate a medium-sized banner. And then the the, the big boy could be the cup champ, right? Yeah, you just can't do what the Lakers did. Like you win the in season tournament, you you put that sucker up at the end of the season with the other banners. You don't do that. You don't do that mid season. I feel. I feel like everyone's kind of just sitting around going like. putting up this banner already we're putting up this right beside our mickey mouse championship banner like uh yeah well the the lakers got a lot of the lakers got a lot of those big size banners so it's (laughs) it's gonna look goofy up there in whatever it's called now staples (laughs) crypto so yeah yeah they they, that's that's a la lakers problem um hey i'll tell you what i would love to be having a banner debate with you at the end of this season we, we, we just might be doing that because the Jets are rolling once again. We'll get to, uh, just quickly, the game in Arizona. And then for this particular episode, we're going to take more of a macro look at the first half of the season. We're pretty much there for 90% of the league, at least some of the league. <laughs> uh, the Jets have two more games before they get to that 41-game mark. Uh, but because they play Chicago Thursday night, we've got a fresh one to break down then. So we'll uh, do a little bit more of a, you know, first half of the season look around the Jets in the NHL here. Quickly, I mean, you got your hand up, hand down. I run the show. Um, I just do want to mention this quickly, Tyson. Because this comes out on Tuesday, of course. We're we're recording it on Monday, obviously. Um, But Tuesday just happens to be Tyson Rewicki's birthday. So if you see him out there on the streets, try not to yell at him. He doesn't like that. He he's told me many times. It'll startle me. Yeah, but, but but yeah, give him a little birthday shout out. Oh, you're growing up so fast. Happy birthday. Thank you. Appreciate that. Is, is appreciate there? That. Um, is there? The reason I mainly asked is because I want to live. I, I it's a lot of salad this week. I'm going to be honest. There's going to be a lot of greens for me, so I can live vicariously through you. Do you have a birthday menu planned? Throughout I, the day, I, I do, I do. I'm not, I'm not a huge lunch eater, to be honest. Especially when I'm at, when I'm at work, so I might skip the lunch. We'll see. That's a that's a kind of play it by ear choice. And if I did, if I do have lunch, I'm probably going to do a Kenan band sandwich. Ooh, not yeah. that. But that's for dinner, excellent. for dinner, on the docket right now, brisket. Ooh, pasta. love brisket. Some mac and cheese, homemade mac okay. and cheese, not Kraft, not. Velveeta, oh, yeah. not Good. Annie's we're not doing it we're making it from scratch but you know what we're not making from scratch red lobster cheddar garlic oh. biscuits baby
1: <laughs> Have those
0: and then uh, I'm a little bit of mashed potatoes to go along with that uh, I'm it's my own little like kind uh, of barbecue in January summer barbecue in January I like that that that's a what are the, it's, it's a meat and three that's what they call it in Nashville I think yeah, so, exactly. somewhere down south I don't know it's a mean three that's yeah, I like easy. that. Very nice. Very well done. Uh, th- that's good. Um, yeah, that'll be a nice 16th birthday supper for you. So I'm happy <laughs> for you. Good stuff. <laughs> I'm actually. It's funny. I w- I mean I don't know if you want to tell people how old you are, but I actually I feel more old when I find out how old you're turning as opposed to me. <laughs> yeah, I know, like you, you getting older actually scares me more than my actual birthday. I know it's weird. I, I'm turning I turn 25 tomorrow or today. I guess but champagne uh, birthday oh boy yeah so it's uh it's yeah i don't know it's it's weird like now it's a quarter of the way through like that's 25 is <laughs> an <in> age <laughs> you're just assuming that you're getting to 100 well, as soon as i hit 100 it's croak city but <laughs> <laughs> but uh <laughs> but uh, yeah it's just weird like 25 is the age where you're where you really start to go you know i, I kind of we kind of got to figure things out. We're going to slow. No, go. no, you don't. No, 25 is like the best. So just not, yeah, just, not, enjoy, just enjoy it. Yeah, this isn't a self-help podcast here, Tyson. Just <laughs> eat your brisket, enjoy yourself on the weekend, and then you can figure out your life when you're 29 <laughs> or something. 25, and don't, don't worry. Yeah, everyone that's listening right now is just shaking their head like, oh, my gosh, you don't know, have your life figured out at 25. Give me a break. <laughs> um let's move on but I hope you have a good birthday oh thank you um I don't really have a good segue for this so we'll just move on to the Winnipeg Jets again maintaining their stronghold on first not in the central not in the west but the entire NHL and by stranglehold I mean they won Sunday and moved two points ahead of Boston and the Rangers either way though that insurmountable advantage happened because it's six straight w's and again, the reason i just want to touch on this one quickly tyson and i it kind of and we'll, we'll get into this as a whole a little bit later on but there's so many people both in the city and outside the city in the province that are kind of asking in, in different ways but asking the general question is this for real Right, like, Are the Jets for real? Can they do this throughout the course of the season? Or is it going to be a second half collapse like they did last year? Similar records, similar play. Can they make this a little more long-lasting? I think last night's game is an excellent example of why this ain't no joke and this Jets team is here to stay because all the excuses you could have – there were old coaches on this team might have looked at that game and post game said ah schedule you know what a lot of travel all this stuff excuse here excuse here tough one for us to win that that was definitely could have been a a schedule loss for the Winnipeg Jets not long road trip but a tough road trip out west three and four nights they played a bunch of hockey since the turn of the new year you go into that crap college barn down there in Arizona the Coyotes are a bit of a tough team to play they're you know competitive this year compared to last year i don't think anybody would have been surprised or disappointed if they dropped you know an ugly 3-1 loss or something like that and then especially oh sorry just i was just gonna say with vesna Melka and that too yeah yeah (laughs) yeah with vesna Melka and that like it's it it would have been understandable but to come out there and kick the ever-loving crap out of the coyotes i mean i i just i know there's still 40 games left and all that but that effort, the first period as well, where maybe you might come out a little bit gassed, but to come out of the gate and just smack them all over the ice, all lines getting into the action, I, it's it's just different. We'll get into why it's different, but it's just different this year. And to cap off that Mentors road trip with the perfect 3-0 and mark, they haven't given up more than three goals, I think, in six and a half years. I don't even know what the number is anymore, but it, it just keeps getting higher and higher. And just just, just really, really impressive considering all the external issues surrounding that game. Could have been a letdown. Anything but that. They keep rolling and they keep standing top the rest of the NHL standings. Yeah, and before I get into the, the Jets team as a whole, I actually wonder if you bet the under in every Jets game since they've come back. Or at least since Hellebuck's been in net. I wonder how profitable you'd be. You'd probably be pretty, you'd be pretty well off, like this year, even like a couple years back too. Because like uh, a, a lot, yeah. There's a lot of, anyways. <laughs> there's yeah, a lot of games know. where one team scored one goal or less. Yeah. From... All I know is I'm not doing any research on that. But continue. <laughs> but yeah, like people ask, is this going to be, you know, can you continue this success throughout the season? And I think that there's a lot of things that this team hasn't done well enough. Like they can improve on a lot of things still, which is craziest to think for a team that's first in the league. Right. Like even yeah, they put up a decent amount of points yesterday. But I don't think the top line was over overly impressive. Like it wasn't like some of the games we've seen where they've really, really taken games over and been absolutely dynamic every time they step out on the ice. Like they were they were solid in this one. And then you start to see the the depth scoring start to pick up a little bit more um the penalty kill and, pe- and power play have still been issues for this team but there are signs that those are progressing in the right direction now at least so like if you think those part power- those units get a little little bit better like even if we can hop up into like the top 15 range let's say even like top oh, 17 league like, average league average would be yeah, a godsend exactly like all of a sudden your point total is going to be increasing a lot more than it is right now and that's a scary thought to think of and I mean, you look at this team and all the assets they have too, like this is a team that can really I think could really make some noise after the trade deadline and after they make some moves because there's two major holes for this team, and I think we'll touch touch on it a little bit later, but it- you fell those two holes, and man, like I don't think there's a lot of teams that are gonna want to play you come playoff time. Oh no, 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 no. That uh, <laughs> that that's changed. That's another <laughs> hilarious thing about this, is how quickly that's changed, right? Like going into last year, Vegas was probably like, "Oh baby, give us the Jets." Yeah, it's 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 not going to be that same sentiment going into this postseason run. Whoever the Jets do end up going against, and well, I'll I'll, I'll get into that a little bit later. If I forget, remind me to talk about um, the playoffs and potentially seedings. Uh, as we look ahead to the second half of the season there. Um, one thing I do want to just mention from one, one last thing before we talk about the first half of the season, just because I, I know he's been given some love and things like that. And then everybody is, is beyond impressed with his game and his production, but let's just give another little stick tap, both to Chevy, but also to Vladdy the Batty, because it's just ridiculous. He, I, mean, I thought last year, hey, whatever. If he's got to be second-line center for a couple of games, maybe the Jets can can float and survive on through that. We're almost a full calendar year to the acquisition of Nemestikov. and he's performed beyond what I think anybody could have reasonably hoped for, and we could talk about the deadline and all that stuff. Either way, for him to be... Capable of being your second line center on a contending team is beyond remarkable. And to get that for A, a fourth round pick, and then B, $2 million per season, the, the summer of Chevy, the, the 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 year of Chevy, at least. This, I don't know if it's his best move. I, I I guess it can be with the Dubois trade. But man, oh man, to hit, I mean, this is like a triple down the line. Right. When 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 it's just like your ninth hitter going up to bat and hits a triple right to set up the to set up Otani right? like this is just ninja secrecy. Amazing work by Chevy and uh, Nemesnikov, whatever happens moving forward here in terms of the deadline and the lineup, he's he's a gamer and and what a unbelievable addition he's been so far. It's funny you use that baseball analogy because I was literally, like, going to use almost (laughs) the exact same analogy. Like, it's great. Like, value-wise, it is definitely one of Chevy's best moves. And then no one – I don't think there was a single person that – whether that covers that team, that covers the sport in general, who thought that he would have the impact that he's had now. And it just – like, those are the kind of things you need to do, especially when you're the GM of a team like Winnipeg. You need to hit on those On those diamond in the rough finds, and that's what Chevy did there. And then not only that, not only finding that gem, but then being proactive enough to lock him up to to decent money, kind of because I believe he signed Nemesnikov kind of right after free agency started. Correct? I can't totally remember, but regardless, yeah, regardless, like that's that's going out identifying a player that you really think fits well on your team, and he does. Like, he just does – he fits incredibly well. Up and down the lineup, whatever line you put him on, he's just been a godsend for this team. And it's – especially with some of the injuries that they've had, This is it's just helped them get to this point in the season where now they can really upgrade on those positions and have Vlad kind of be him in a more supplement role instead of a primary role, which is kind of crazy to think of. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It is wild. But, I mean, look, sometimes – Maybe it's environment, maybe it's just right time, right place, maybe they, they like the arena, you know what I mean? But sometimes guys just perform better on different teams, and there's no like there, there's no overarching reason for that. It's just, he's just awesome as a Winnipeg Jet. Like, he looked like he was kind of on his way to flaming it out or being like a 12 13th forward. And then, you know, 31 going on 32, he's on pace to set his career high in points this year. Playing 14, 15 minutes tonight. Like it's just crazy. He's been unbelievable. Anyways, Nemestikov gets on the score sheet in that 6 2 win for the Jets over the Coyotes. And it sets themselves up nicely here to continue to distance themselves from the rest of the NHL with home games this week against Columbus and the carcass that is Chicago. <laughs> Whoever they have that's a warm body will be on the ice Thursday night um hopefully the Jets can grab four points before another powerhouse comes to town Saturday night in the Flyers all right anyways (laughs) the first half of the season basically in the books for the Jets here I mean a plus (laughs) there's not really as far as like what did you expect what did you think um first place is awesome I mean I I just going into the year I mean realistic best case scenario I think would have been Realistic best-case scenario probably would have been them battling Colorado-Dallas, but like maybe being second or third in the division. That's obviously not the case anymore. And they're, what, seven points up on Dallas right now? They're seven points up on Dallas. Like, that's crazy at the halfway point. It's, it's not, you know, all finished, the race is over, but it certainly feels like it's going to be a game one home playoff date for the Jets to start their postseason right now. Uh, I mean, it's basically been best case scenario across the board, Tyson. And I think maybe the maybe the biggest reason for that or one of, I, I don't know, tell me if I'm right or wrong on this. But getting Shifley and Hellebuck signed to those deals before the regular season got underway. I don't know. We've seen clouds of negativity surround this team and other teams headed into the year and there's uncertainty and maybe the start doesn't go the right way. And then it's just a talkie, all this stuff, all this stuff. But that just did a complete 180 for the vibes and the atmosphere around the club from a fan perspective, from an outsider's perspective. I can't even imagine what that must've done inside that room there. And I think that in a big, big way has led to this team playing the way that they are right now, because you touched on it as well. Yes, the special teams, for the most part, has sucked this year. Outside of that, though, everything they are doing is sustainable. They have earned their spot atop the league right now, and that's also why it's different this year as opposed to last year because last year and a number of other points during, we'll call it the Hellebuckian era, this team was winning in spite of their play on the ice. But this year... Their record is 1000% a demonstration of how dominant they've been five on five. You've got the best goalie on the planet right now playing like it, but he's getting the support in front of him for the first time in a long time. And they 1000% have earned that top spot right now, heading into the final 43 games of the Jets regular season. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, too, because I mean, even when we look at this season. It's kind of crazy. It seems so long ago to the start of the season, but the Jets started one and three to start the season. And they weren't playing bad in those games either. Like one of them was the Calgary game where they dominated and then, you know, unlucky at the end there. But imagine if Shifley and Hellebuck are inside and they start one and three and they even they almost lost to the Oilers in their fifth game of the season. So you start, imagine like you start the season one and four. Without Calabuk and Shively signed, those whispers are just going to get louder and louder. Like they, you wouldn't be able to drown them out of the locker room, and that everyone's miserable. Yeah, it it would just be. I think if they're not signed and they go through that one and three slump, we we might be talking total different direction for this Jets team right now. But the fact that Chevy was able to go, and especially to Tyson, because. Toronto can't get a save. New Jersey can't get a save. Uh-huh. Buffalo can't get a save. Am I missing anyone else? Carol, Carolina. Carol, oh my gosh, Carolina could not get a save. <laughs> Detroit, like I mean, who so with Detroit? Right? Like to your point there, yes, atmospheric, it would have been much different. But like if New Jersey came in and was like, Hey, here's Nemich. We we hella bucks ours. Let us know your price maybe it's Nemec a first and somebody else, right? Like, ooh, it would be tough. It would have been tough in that alternate universe for the Jets to turn something like that down, perhaps. Oh, yeah. And I think if if there was a Nemec package out there from New Jersey, I think the Jets would have taken that. I honestly do. If Nemec is just, I mean, a number two overall right-handed shot defenseman who can move the puck, like, that's kind of, that's an ideal, ideal package for Hellock. But, I mean... Like, the hockey world works in mysterious ways. Like there's so many, so many. <laughs> signs. I actually went down a rabbit hole this weekend to just like looking at how some of the free UFA signings and trades that almost didn't happen. And it's, it butterfly effects a real thing. And I, and it's, I'm, I'm very intrigued. I, I wonder like with you and me kind of talked about this a little bit with the really pretty weak free agent market this year. Who's like? Who's a name that's not a free agent that's maybe not out there right now that you kind of have an eye on? I got I got one in particular. Okay, well let me hear yours. I mean that mine's more of a team as a whole, but oh, I mean I, I I think I know which team you're picking, but I'm gonna I would be doing absolutely whatever it took to get Drake Batherson on this team. <laughs> I did not expect that, but I was I, thinking I, Ottawa, <laughs> and it was and. I, I know that it's kind of weird to say Drake Batterson, but especially for a team like the Jets, you're adding a guy on a six year contract making four under four and a half million dollars, and he can be your second line center. Like ah, uh, a team that's struggling like that, they could. I mean, I don't know exactly what they're looking for. It sounds like they're looking for a veteran presence, so maybe a guy like and it would suck to trade him, but maybe a guy like Brendan Dillon or Nate Schmidt in a pick. Uh, yeah. Desperate. I don't think you can trade Brendan Dillon right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, would that I mean, like Logan,
0: but... Logan Stanley, Heinola, like someone. Yeah. I, don't know. I just think that Drake, a guy who's locked up long term, a young player on a pretty reasonable cap hit. I think that's like the kind of the perfect guy that a player that a Chevy, like our GM like Chevy would go after. Interesting. Oh, I mean, we could talk we could talk potential targets a little bit either later on in the episode or later on uh, as we get closer to the deadline, which now all of a sudden with the calendar flipped, isn't all that far away. I do do like Ottawa as a team to go after though. Anytime you get a team, high expectations, haven't met them young, maybe you can a new GM, right? Maybe you can pull a fast one on somebody there. I don't think Batherson's my target, but nonetheless, we could maybe talk about some of the players on Ottawa and elsewhere that that might be a good fit, but you know it's it's funny too. Just as he talked about, you know the 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 start of the season being kind of rocky for the team, and how things might have played out differently. I've been watching season two of that Marvel What If that goes over like different timelines. That might have to be an episode at some point. Just the disaster that might have been if the Jets had to trade <laughs> Shafleet and Hellebuck. But it gets even made to fight more Tyson with the the Willie Nealander signing. By, by the Maple Leafs earlier on Monday, 11 and a half million. He's having an outstanding season. But as you see more and more players get signed over this next little bit, and I know the ages and da 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 da, but eight and a half for Shaylin Hellebuck's looking pretty tidy right now. There's oh, going to yeah. be a lot more double digit guys over the next bit than the, the eight and a half, nine million ones. And it's crazy to me too. And, and and as we kind of touch on that same vein there, and it's it's obviously gone—the worst possible scenario for some of the teams we mentioned. But how many? And I thought, look, people that listen to the podcast know I was against this, and I was always on this bandwagon the whole time. But all these, all these GMs thinking, hey, we we got a tandem, we got a goaltending tandem. What do we? What are we going to pay one guy to do all that for? We got, we got two guys to do it on the cheap, baby. It's nice and easy. Look, Vegas did it. Anyone can do it. Oh, crap. Half our guys are on waivers right now. And, um, yeah, you know what? $9 million would look pretty sweet for Connor Hellebuck. <laughs> that, that whole thing just still blows my mind. And I was always – you know, I even said the Jets need to find a way to keep Connor Hellebuck in Winnipeg. I thought it was going to be a lot closer to 10 than it was to 8.5. But uh, it it is kind of funny looking at the GMs and and some of those teams now that were maybe just blissfully hoping that these young guys and these journeymen would find a way to give them high-end goaltending when you have a guy that you can set your clock to and, hey, here's a 920 away we go for the next handful of years. Uh, Certainly working out for the Winnipeg Jets right now. Uh, But again, to me, the the crazy thing with where Winnipeg is, both in the standings and on the ice right now, is they're not dependent on Hellebuck. Like, he he could be average right now. I mean, maybe Boursois is a great example of this. You know, like, I mean, Boursois is probably a league average goalie. His numbers are almost identical to Connor Hellebuck's right now. Because defensively, this team is so sound, so structured, so difficult to play against. And they're doing that with a, a bad penalty kill for for most of the season. <laughs> like, it's just, it's, it's a complete 180. It, they, they The team has not looked this good and I I mean, people are going to make the comparisons at some point here, so I might as well do it right now, but they have not been this good since the 2018 team. They, they just haven't. And they're, they're playing at that level right now. The question will be, what do we do in the second half to try to elevate and, and, and get that club to where the 2018 team ultimately got. But as far as results and process and things like that, they, this, this is, this, this, club has a chance to be the best jets team in in franchise history crazy to say but i think it's ultimately true right now yeah no i i agree with you 100 and this team might even be better when it's all said and done like depending on the player like there's so many similarities right like this is a, a team coming into the deadline they're looking for center help and in, in particular and they end up going out of left field and getting a guy like paul stasny like who's going to be the Paul? St- one name that i also thought about from ottawa just kind of popped into my head now. A similar age to Paul Stassi at this point in his career. Oh no! If if say, like, I saw I saw I, I saw people do this too. I I think this is if you're gonna say Claude Giroux, I think this is a pipe dream. It, it is a pipe dream. I, I like I would put I would say that there's only two teams that Giroux will ever play for in his career, and he's already played for both of them. I think he's either I think he's either going to finish in Ottawa or he's going to come back to Philly. Like I think that that's it. Yeah. For him. Let, let we should just say I, I've seen multiple people mention this, and we kind of know Giroux being, being Flyers fans and all that. Giroux is and hey, I'll gladly eat crow if I'm wrong on this. Giroux is not leaving Ottawa to go to Winnipeg. Tyson's one thousand percent right. His family's there. It's either Ottawa, Philly. Or he'll retire. I, I just don't see any other option there. He's gonna. I, I think he's more than. Even though the maybe maybe next year at the deadline he might consider something like that, but with term on his deal, there there's no way he is even going to consider being moved by the Ottawa Senators this year. There's just zero chance of that happening. And two, when the Flyers traded him at the deadline, they actually had a deal done with the Avalanche to send him to Colorado, but they only said mean- no. The only premise being that I'll I'll go to Colorado, but you have to re-sign me after the after the year's over, and they they wouldn't commit to him after that year. So he said I'm only staying on the East Coast then. So I like, I don't think he'd be too keen to jump to Winnipeg, but just the idea of Claude, like he would, he's legitimately the perfect player for this team, I think like fit wise he would be i mean he has the face-off element well that's the the, that was the thing i was gonna bring up like he doesn't play center anymore i don't know how many people know that he can obviously he did at a high level (laughs) for a long time but he's a winger now but having said that he is arguably the best face-off guy in the nhl (laughs) like very quietly he's been that for the last handful of years so i mean that's Oh boy. I mean, I, I'm sure you hear it on CJOB. We used to hear that on 1290 daily. Can we get somebody that can win a freaking face off? So it's stupid. Giroux would have been a perfect fit in that regard. Um, but I'm just not even going to consider it because it's, uh, to to me, it's just beyond unrealistic Yeah. Um, for the Jets to pick up Claude Giroux. Now, having said that, Tyson, I mean, we both agree. First half, awesome, great. No real complaints too much about anything. Uh, But that's going to be kind of the, the talking point throughout the second half leading up to the trade deadline is going to be what do the Winnipeg Jets do here, how aggressive do they get, and who slash what should be their main target right now. Before we get into that, I did see this sentiment floating around a little bit today. What do you make of people wondering if the Jets should only tinker in the sense of things are going so good right now, let's not upset the chemistry and the good vibes in the room right now. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think you don't move many pieces off the lineup right now, but that just means you're going to have to move out legitimate prospects. Like, it's pick one or the other. If you want to improve, like, three options. Do you want to improve this team? Yes. Well, then you're going to have to trade either roster players who the other team wants or prospects and one of them's going to alter the chem- could alter the chemistry of the team as it stands currently another could alter the team's future like it's it, it, there's consequences for every potential move that the jets are going to have to make they have to out they just have as a front office group they have to go in and say are we okay with moving out some of these assets whether it be prospects or cur- on the current roster like a guy like Logan Stanley maybe or Billy Heinla like those kind of pieces do we want to potentially alter that chemistry and ruin a good thing that we have going right now do we want to ruin our chances of keeping this this train rolling in the future by moving out a prospect who potentially ends up being a top line player or do you want to just kind of sit pat and you, know, you want to do kind of do what you've done for most of the seasons that you've been in Winnipeg and just hope that what you have is good enough and i think we've seen that the one playoff run you've had, you went on and added a really big impact player. And I think that's what you yeah. got to do again. And, the- and that didn't upset chemistry whatsoever. Exactly. It strengthened it. Yeah. I, 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 I do not. I understand that, that line of thinking for certain teams. I do not think the Winnipeg Jets are in that boat right now. That This to me is, I mean, look, just looking at the rest of the league right now and, and taking like a temperature check, there, there's no real, and maybe this is just life in a 32-team league now, but there's no real juggernaut, right? Like, there's no Tampa Bay from a few years back. There's no even Colorado from, from when they went on their cup run. There There's a lot of good teams, but there's no, ooh, we don't, maybe we don't give up the farm because we're going to lose to X club. You know what I mean? This this is uh, probably as good of an opportunity as the Jets might have here to to make a bit of a deep run. I'm not saying you know, let's trade three first round picks and get three rentals to come in, but if you can get some guys with term, that's not the worst thing in the world. If it's got to be a rental, well, now's probably the time to do it because a lot of the the high end guys on this team are not getting any younger, and if you got an opportunity like this. Combined with the fact that the rest of the league is maybe having a bit of a down year so far. Jump on it and and find a way to get some impact players to come in here. The other aspect of it too, Tyson, that is just the reality of playoff hockey, let alone regular season hockey. Guys are going to get injured. And it sure as hell would be nice, you know, looking up front, right? Say somebody in the top six got hurt. Ooh, we could put Vladi Domestikov right back there in the top six. And we know he's going to be just fine. As opposed to, oh, oh, now we've got nobody to throw in there, and we're you know losing a lot of two-one hockey games. So I'm I'm on team. Let's go for it and ship out <laughs> some assets and let's make this happen. Well and and you don't think that like Colorado or Dallas aren't going to do anything either? You know, like oh, Colorado's terrifying in terms yeah. of what they might do. <laughs> exactly, like that's that's the problem too. You don't want to be a you don't want to all of a sudden be on your heels because the Stars and Avalanche added two an impact player each, and now all of a sudden you're trying to be like now you're scrambling thinking oh, and then the, it's funny because that could also interrupt locker room chemistry if you have a GM that goes out there and the team rewards them all season by playing very well. And then you get to the deadline, and he thinks, you know what? I like the group. We're gonna we're gonna stand pat. That can piss some players off. They could be like, well, what the hell? I thought we like, I yeah. thought we were gonna try and win a cup this year. Like, thanks, it, thanks, bud. It's it, 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 it such a fine, it's a it's such a fine balancing act for an NHL GM, and but that's why they get paid a lot of money to make those decisions, right? Like that's those are the things that you have to consider. All you have to take all those things into account. And after the moves that he's made over these past couple. Yours, I'm I'm pretty confident in Chevy's ability to do that. Yeah, year of the Chevy. I, I I don't I yeah, I don't know. I don't know my Chinese zodiac too well, but I think the year of the Chevy will continue through to the, the end of this deadline. So we've got some time. The, the year of the Chevy is gonna continue on through and um, Year of the Dragon. Oh, that's wicked. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> I don't even know, yeah, I don't know what that means. I just dragons are so cool. So <laughs> we'll we'll see what happens there. We'll you Know, I mean, we could talk about the deadline forever here. I'm just going to preemptively stop us, or else we'll, get, we'll we'll put out a 90 minute episode. Um, but it's going to be a fun, it's going to be a fun subplot over the next little bit because I mean, there's nothing to complain about with how the Jets are playing. So let's talk about who we can go after and live in a fantasy world for a little bit. There, there, there was oh, the and this is kind of one last thing that I want to touch on here before we wrap up the episode. Um in terms of importance of the games down the stretch getting that first seat is going to be pretty monumental. Like I know people will say, Oh, the games don't mean anything. You've got a playoff spot locked up. This is not the case whatsoever because to avoid the abs and stars in round one would be monumental. And looking at that, you know, maybe grabbing that number one seat in the West, even to get that second wildcard team, like, as it stands right now, you know, let's assume out in the Pacific that Vancouver, Vegas, L.A., and Edmonton, that's your top three in the Pacific, and then one of those teams grabs the first wild card. Let's just both pray and assume that happens, because getting Edmonton in the wild card is nightmare scenario. I don't care what anybody says. Please don't have that happen. Which is how you I would stake right now. If the season ended today, it's how it would shake down. That would be so evil. (laughs) That's just so not right. That's PTSD to the max with Winnipeg (laughs) and Edmonton. But if it's not, if that's not the case, you'd be looking at a matchup against either Nashville, Seattle, St. Louis, Arizona, Calgary. That is a monster drop off. And then you let Dallas and Colorado just beat the living crap out of each other. These games have a lot of meaning for the Jets down the stretch here. They they 99% of a playoff spot wrapped up. But man oh man, to keep this going and to push ahead of Colorado and Dallas here and grab that first spot massive massive importance in every game down the stretch. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, like it's it's massive. The talent disparity between those teams that you mentioned and whoever ends up being that second wild card spot, it's it's huge. I mean, you don't want to play a team like like you mentioned, Colorado, Dallas, um, Edmonton, even Nashville, an elite team like Nashville, who's got oh, four, who's got, no. who's got five more points than the Oilers do. It's just I don't know. It's but in all seriousness, out of all those teams you're gonna want to play Nashville, like it, I mean the, the thing yeah, that was, I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about Nashville, Tayson. They um that that's a team though that's got upset material written all over them. Even, like, yeah, taking they'll, back they'll my, be Yeah, you, you'll, you'll be upset that you only got four games of practice in before second round comes. Out, comes I don't long know, long. Brandon. That's a team where I can just – I can totally picture UC Soros having three shutouts and them grinding a team out in five games, one nothing. Yeah, they, they really ground the avalanche into dust a few years back. Oh, wait. It was the, the quickest sweep that's, in NHL history. That wasn't a Barry Trotz-led Nashville. This is a whole different Smashville now, baby. Oh, I got god got okay. Philip Forsberg's on, on that elite level now. All right. That's enough. That's enough out of you. <laughs> um, just quickly before we wrap up, Tyson, I, do, do you have, just because I saw this and you mentioned Nashville, and we've been on a Nashville tangent basically throughout the season. Do you have your bold predictions in front of you that we made before the season started? Uh, if you give me a second, I think I can pull them up. I just want let, to, let's just do this quickly. One, I mean, you already nailed Babcock getting fired, which is still the greatest thing ever that <laughs> you said Babcock would get fired and he didn't even make it into a practice with Columbus. Um, but do you have one hilarious, like one that's way off and one that's either going to be right is right. Or tracking that way so far. My, my, I mean, I did the jets one where I thought they would trademark Shifley. So, I mean, that didn't go very well because it didn't make it into one game in the regular season there. Um, I just, I could see the fir- I mean, I did, I said Vancouver would be first in the Pacific. It's going to be a battle, but that one is pretty remarkable to call that. And they're actually like coming through for me. Um, the other one that I'm a little worried about at this point, Tyson, is that I'm not sure if Johnny Joanne's going to make a run at 80 points. He's about 60, he's about 60 off right now. So we got to get a little bit hot, but uh, I, I might want to read you what my Colorado one. It, mine, mine are hilarious because it's all of mine are either insanely accurate or just god awful yeah like that i think should be close. that's the best <laughs> like this one i got boston misses the playoffs nice got a hold of that one cool logan <laughs> cooley to win the the calder uh, well okay <laughs> it, with injury with the injury but i'm not i don't that one shouldn't count i'm not i i don't think that one should count um Uh, Tim Stutzler gets 100 points. Possible. Nice. Um, All right. Well, I don't want all your predictions. I just said one or two that was either good or awful. Yeah, no, all mine are mine. I'm just, I'm the Oracle. I just, I'm the Oracle. I can't can't pick. I I might, I might call, I might call victory on my Alex Ovechkin one. I said he'd have his worst season um, since 2016 eight goals through 38 games. I, I'm going to take a victory lap on that one right now. Yeah. Um, that one, very good. Mitch Marner winning MVP. I, I might take the L instead of a victory lap there. That, that one's looking pretty unlikely. I don't think it's going to end up happening too much. Um, one last thing before we wrap up the episode, Tyson, quickly. Uh, awards. Right now. Well, yeah, yeah, right now, awards. We won't do MVP because whatever. But if you had to... Put down 50 bucks right now. Does McDavid win the Art Ross? He's about 12 points back, <laughs> which is hilarious to any other player. But 12 points in half a season. Do you take McDavid or you take Kucherov McKinnon? I'm going to go Kucherov. I, I'm going to say McDavid gets it by five points. I, I just, I, I mean, Kucherov's been so good this year. I just, that's a that's a decent amount of points to make up. It's the, a lot, it's a lot, it's a hilarious <laughs> amount of points that we're even debating this. I'm gonna say, um, I'm gonna say Kut, he holds Kutrov holds McDavid off. McKinnon overtakes McKinnon or sorry, McDavid overtakes McKinnon. Oh cool. that's gonna be a fun MVP race though. Like to watch I mean Tampa, Tampa's out of the playoffs right now. They've got their own issues, but McKinnon versus McDavid, that would be a pretty fun one two battle down the stretch. I just want, wanted... I want, sorry, I I saw this on my list and I just have to mention it because I, I laughed out loud when I read it, but my, my prediction for St. Louis was that Jordan Bennington will have an anchor management episode and be waived. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of season left, Tyson. There's a lot of time left. It wouldn't, I mean... He might be the NHL's Draymond Green. I don't know. But yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't call that one dead just yet. Uh quickly, is Hellebuck would would you take Hellebuck for the Vesna right now? Yes. And I don't really like I don't think that this year in general for goalies has just been kind of underwhelming. Like there hasn't been really been a a notable like all the big names that we normally see, like just jerking. he's also heating up a lot more now than he was at the beginning of the year, but no one's really kind of jumped ahead out of anyone, and I think Hellebuck's been the most consistent, and I think he's provided his team with the most value. Yeah, I mean, Hill, Aiden Hill's got the better numbers right now, but oh, half the game. Half, half the game. So yeah. Logan Thompson's, it, like, having a good season, too. Aiden Hill shouldn't even be in it. We'll see. We'll see what goes on there. I mean, right now, I would think... Yeah, it's, it's just tough when you only play, like, 15 games. Like, he's got to get more games in there, but... I think right now Hellebuck, Thatcher, Demko, it's probably, I, yeah, it might be a one-two race between those two right now, but I think yeah. Hellebuck's got a pretty sizable lead. I mean, pretty wild. Uh, depending on how the rest of the season goes for him and the Jets, it, we might have to just almost book that Hall of Fame ticket for him. Yeah. It's crazy. Like I feel like he's still kind of underrated a little bit.
1: Just he wild
0: is. for a guy that's on track to win. Feser number two, and he's been a finalist how many times now? Um, so, and, and I know we keep we keep on kind of extending the episode a little bit. I just wanted to mention one thing really quick as we're talking about awards. There was a huge campaign for Josh Morrissey for Norris last year. He's having a better season defensively than he did last season, and the it is like the push for him to win a Norris isn't isn't near as close. And I know that Hughes and McCarr kind of have it stolen with the points. I know like, even. Like, he's having a better season than he did last year, which, I I, hand up, I did not think he was going to replicate it, so kudos to Morrissey there, too. Yeah, I mean, I I thought, points-wise, I thought he'd be pretty similar to where he's at right now, which is like 60-ish, on pace for 60 points, roughly. But you're right, that, I mean, defensively, miles ahead of where they were last year. It's, again, just a shame that this is the era of legendary defensemen with, (laughs) McCar and now Quinn Hughes doing what he's doing in Vancouver, and then you've got some other guys in there. Um, this is pretty much I think we've entered like the Nick Lidstrom era where it's Kale McCar, and maybe once every six years somebody else will win. A guy like Fox or Hughes has a big season, like that's what it's gonna take. Hey, you can have your awards, you can have your fancy all-star game nods, but like Connor Hellebuck would say, we're all about that silver trophy at the end of the year, and the Jets. Well, wouldn't you know, the Jets have put themselves in the mix for that. No doubt about it. Um, That'll do it for the episode there. No more interruptions. We're capping it. And we'll get ready for the rest of the week ahead. No cap. Uh, Two games for the Jets. Shut up. Two games (laughs) ahead for the Jets. uh, Columbus Tuesday. And then we'll break down the Chicago one on Thursday. And we'll talk about that uh, game that we'll both be at Saturday night. Flyers, Jets, Canada Life Center. Can't wait for that one. um, But can't wait to get back at it. And good to get back at it as well after that holiday layover and uh, good to talk some Jets hockey with them playing as good as they are right now. But that'll do it. And thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. CJOB's Tyson Rewicki with us once again. Like I said, we're back at it Friday morning talking Jets Chicago and getting ready for Jets Flyers as well. Until then, enjoy the rest of your work week. Stay safe. Stay out of the cold and have a good time, everybody. Peace.